Hey, brother. Hello, brother. May the fourth be with you. Uh, don't doesn't Disney own everything we do from that point forward? I don't remember how they sent how they sent out that press release. Aren't you supposed to say and also with you? No, I'm not saying anything. They, <laughs> did you see that Disney legit put out a thing that said anything that you use the hashtag May the Fourth be with you? It, they they own it, and they can use it however they want. Oh come on! Did they I really? Swear, yeah, dude. Like, so all of my friends were thinking of writing like parody ones, like offensive ones, or like ones that featured Jake Lloyd from The Phantom Menace. And, yeah, nice. <laughs> Welcome to season eight, episode nine, which is a redo of Match Wits, or like I like to say, Quarantine Week Eight. Yeah, yeah. I'm your Steve, alongside my younger brother Chris. That'd be me. Match Wits, if you're new to this. God bless you. It's a uh, nostalgia-infused, I'm typically nostalgia, pop culture. That's typically Chris, and we just spout off about a number of things. Now, typically, uh, I will prepare something in advance. Haven't been doing that since the quarantine started. Um, yeah, because so... who, has, who has downtime to think of stuff? <laughs> <laughs> Who doesn't have a moment here and there just to say, like, oh, we should talk about this. I watch this. You should watch this, and we can talk about it. Yeah, I know. But I just, for me, work. Like, I'm working crazy hours and everything. And Yeah, but it's... you're also not sleeping. I know you're sitting outside having a couple glasses of bourbon and watching something mindless. When you watch something mindless, just jot it down and send it to me. If All I right, think we're going to talk, we're gonna, we're gonna talk about that. And if, there, if there's a point where Chris and I disagree... Um, we'll do what we call a dimwit challenge. Usually it's when um, Chris knows he's right and he'll bet me a dollar and I'll lose. That's not, that's um, not even like, I don't know I'm right. Like the Greg Grunberg one from Lost. Like that was the pilot from Lost in the very first episode being in the Star Wars movies. Like that wasn't, I didn't know that for certain. I remember looking it up and it was one of those neuro blasts that I was just like, yeah, I'm pretty sure that that was Greg Grunberg. And then we looked it up, and I was right. And then I gave you a, a softball. What was the last week that JoJo Rabbit was rated PG? And then I watched it the other night, and yeah, that's not a PG thirteen. It is PG thirteen though. It's PG thirteen. There's some really, there's some really. That's a <laughs> dude. It's a fantastic movie. I absolutely loved it. But there was a, a lot of very uncomfortable. We watched yeah. like I did quarantine movie night with my buddy. Like he has this back patio that I take like a back entrance in. I don't touch anything. I sit all the way on the other side of the room for him. But he, he, I bring my own beer. I bring my own chair. We've done it. <laughs> we've done it a couple nights. We did it. Jojo Rabbit, dude. It's outside, and his neighbors. He lives in Philly, like down in like this place called Society Hill area, where he's got like this really big house. But the backyard opens directly up to somebody else's backyard on the courtyard. So you start that movie and it's all the riot or the the rallies for Germany and Nazism in like the late the, the mid thirties. Right. You get that out of context of just sound. It it, it I'm, I imagine it raised some raised some eyebrows. But I'm fantastic, sure. fantastic sure movie. I absolutely adored it because I love I love Taika Waititi. But there's some parts in that that were really really sour. Like I really really dour. That I wasn't expecting. I was expecting some points because it's set in Nazi Germany in the you know late thirties, early forties. But there was some there was some down moments in it. And then when I saw it, I was like, yeah, that clearly isn't PG because that would have traumatized my five year old son if I had made him watch that. But yeah, and and it, you've it's one of those movies where you've never seen anything like it. No, never. Not that I can remember. Well, it's weird because it just tried to humanize Nazis to a certain extent like the sam rockwell character is very likable even though he's he's a raging nazi but he's also what looks to be homosexual or at least at least a drag queen of some sort (laughs) but then they just spoiler alert if you haven't seen it yet you know like he defends jojo to get him out of being interned by like by as a german at the very end of the movie and he just gets dragged off the screen and shot you're like jesus christ (laughs) yeah like they they kind of show you the human parts they show you the brutal parts too and it's i wasn't expecting the swing you know what i mean from seeing stephen merchant as a gestapo agent the real tall kind of gangly big eyed dude like seeing that swing then to 
the shoes of his mother. Like, <laughs> it was just like I remember because his uh, uh, Tiska's wife Anya watched it with it. She's real smart and she's one of those people that I always talk to about stuff like that. And she mm-hmm. goes, "They're focusing on her shoes a lot." And then it was like fifteen minutes later, you see the shoes. And you're just like, "Oh my god!" And I just I, like we all stop for a second. We're like, "Whoa, we weren't expecting that kind of nope gut." gut punch followed you know shortly thereafter is Taika Waititi as Hitler himself talking about his bomb proof legs like that one <laughs> literally made me spit some beer out of my mouth he goes yeah Klaus whatever is von Stauffenberg the, the whole Valkyrie thing where they try to blow him up he was like yeah he didn't know about my bomb proof legs I spit beer across the patio there <laughs> And that little kid, his his JoJo's friend, the kid with the glasses that actually becomes a Nazi, but they don't have any uniforms, so they make it out of paper. <laughs> the, the little fat kid with the glasses. <laughs> the line, I had just taken another sip of beer when he came across, where he, where he said the line, he goes, all right, so there's Russians on the outskirts of one side of the town and the Americans are on the other. And Joe goes, well, who's on our side? And he just goes, the Japanese but I don't know if you can tell they don't look very Aryan to me. I laughed so hard <laughs> at that part because just the way that kid delivered it. Like I love whoever that kid was was great. Oh, he was hilarious, and and, the, the and it had outfit. funny moments. Like the it, it, particularly like in that middle portion where it's like, okay, Hitler is his imaginary friend. Mm. And there was some like, I don't want to say cute because I, I hate to use the word cute, but there was like maybe I don't know, endearing or sure. some po- sort poignant, of like, po- po- yeah, where you're like, all right, it's just a kid with his imaginary friend who happens to be Hitler. And then you realize, oh, my God, that really that stuff kind of happened, kind of happened when, when yeah. he has he has conversations with the girl, with the, the girl living in the wall. And, she, and he says, I'm a Nazi. And she just looks. She goes, no, Jojo, you're not. You're not a Nazi. You are indoctrinated into Nazism because of where you live, but you are not a Nazi because he has a right. kind heart and he's a, he's a good kid. And, no, I thought it was great. Like we, we all turned. It was after it was over. We all looked at each other like, that was really good. And I'm kind of upset it took me that long. Yeah. To watch it was, it. But it... try to describe that to somebody, Steve. I went, <laughs> we, we went and did Backyard, just another thing where we went and hung out. I was like, yeah, we watched Jojo Rabbit. And it was really, really good. And they're like, what's that about? And I was like, uh, <laughs> it's about a kid whose imaginary friend is Hitler. And they're like, what? And I was like, yeah, it during takes place the, in, during during the Holocaust. Yeah. yeah, during World War II. And he finds a Jew living in his walls. And they're like, and that's a comedy? I was like, oh, it's a straight satire for the most part, minus the horrific moments that permeate it but it takes place in germany in the 40s man like what do you expect it has to touch on it you can't not touch on those kind of subjects so and the kids loved it like and it had some brutal parts but you know my charlie are much older than brody but that was one we all got done was like that was a well-crafted well-crafted story smartly done done work of art it was smartly done watching the the kids like they're Hitler youth kids. You're not supposed to be laughing at these kids, but when the kid throws the, the knife off the tree and it comes back and stabs the other one in the leg and they just go, ah. Oh. <laughs> in fact, Sarah Rockwell just keeps getting demoted because things happen under his watch. Like Jojo blows himself up with a hand grenade and so he gets demoted. At to summer like, camp. Yeah. At summer camp. Like you're not supposed to you're not supposed to identify, you're not supposed to empathize with those people at that point in time. But yeah, like that's kind of probably what it was like. They're just trying to brutalize these kids to but they do it in a satirical way. So yeah, everybody's just trying to survive and all that. Yeah. Was, to tie it, it back to your original premise of the tired and well trodden May the Fourth be with you. Uh, did you see that Taika Watiti just signed on to do his own Star Wars movie? No. Whatever he wants. He's bringing in a writer that he's apparently really good friends with, and they just get to, from what I understand, I didn't say much about where it's going to take place in the chronology of the entire thing, but I think they're just letting him do whatever he wants. Here, just go bake something awesome. Well, he's, I mean, he's done stuff in Star Wars already, right? So he's done Mandalorian. Mandalorian. He was in Mandalorian, and he wrote a couple episodes. Yep. He was in the writer's room, I think, for the entire season. And then he directed a couple. Yeah. So he's been around. He was the droid. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah. He was the the droid. And it's Disney, and he wrote and directed Thor Ragnarok. So Disney, the mouse, owns everything. So it was like, oh, this guy's (laughs) really smart, really creative. And can still permeate it with a little bit of social social yeah. issues and, and conversation points, but 
I'm curious. Yeah, let's see what you can make. I put Phil Lord and the the other guy, the guys that did Into the Spider Verse, got thrown off of Solo because they were making something that they wanted to make about the origin stories. So who knows? Right. I don't know. I want I want to watch that documentary on the Mandalorian though. I have not touched it yet. It came out today, so I oh the six the six they did like a six episode I mean, behind I think the it's scenes eight man. Oh, is it eight? And if you see, I don't know if I ever sent you the link about the the projection screen studio that they shoot in. If you see the this this new technology that they developed for this photorealistic, it, it's hard to describe without actually just seeing it. So when you get a chance and you watch it, just be like, yeah, that's going to completely and totally change movie making for at least sci-fi or big concept movies like that it cuts down on production costs so much nice no i want to watch it and speaking of which we'll take a little more time on star wars so the last episode of the clone wars cartoon yeah i don't know if you and brody have got into that yet no not yet it's just a lot isn't it like nine seasons or something i think it's six seasons of clone wars and four seasons of rebels yes but this is the this is pretty much the and Charlie watched it came out today. Charlie watched it today. Uh, I haven't seen it, but he said it was he said it was really good. At the end of the last episode, right was Order sixty six, oh. right? Yeah. And this this is after Order sixty six, and Darth Maul and Ahsoka are on the run, right? Together they just kind of end up together. Like she was transporting him as a prisoner, or whatever. Yeah. And then Order sixty six is issued where they're going to kill all the Jedi. And she ends up with him on this planet, and I guess the the ship goes down, whatever, and all the clones are they're all killed and everything. So they they bury them, and then she drops her lightsaber, and then it ends where Anakin, Darth <laughs> Vader comes, and she doesn't know that Anakin became Darth Vader, yeah. and now Darth Vader thinks she's dead, which <laughs> kind of sets up for everybody knows this happens, right? This is not a surprise because then they go on the rebels and all that stuff. So yeah. it kind of tees up, but Charlie said it was good. He said it was a good, good handoff for the way to end clone wars and set it up for, for rebels. And then I think we're going to see Ahsoka in Mandalorian, right? Yeah. The I rumors, mean, the rumor is they haven't confirmed it. Like Rosaria Dawson was cast and shows up on the cast list, but they haven't actually said who she's playing, but probably that would be me. awesome. <laughs> Probably. Like, we'll see. Awesome. But like even there was a meme that I saw earlier that even said like when she was introduced, that character was introduced, they were comparing her to Jar Jar and all of these bad characters. And now people are talking about she's the best thing to come out of this expanded universe. So the fanboys don't know what they're talking about. So <laughs> right. we'll see. I hold that yeah. hope. But, no, I, I... but that's one of the things I noticed during quarantine, Steve, is just that I watch a lot of stuff. Like I haven't really been sleeping very well. So I've been, and we have a puppy. So I've been staying up late and I've been getting up early and I've been watching a considerable amount of things. But even that kind of consumption level, there's still so much that I haven't seen. You know what I mean? Like I watched all of season one of Atlanta, the the series with Donald Glover, and then went back and watched two seasons of community the first two seasons of Community are 25 episodes each, and they're like 22-minute <laughs> episodes. And I watched it in like a week. But still, I still can't. I, like, I watched... There was a movie that I watched five movies in one day. Like, Brody went up to her parents, because we got the... Did we tell you that we got the antibodies test? No. So Aaron got the antibodies test. We're waiting for results, but we're pretty sure that we all had it already. Like, because when we got back from Disney... Aaron had got Aaron had flown from Boston and came back like right before we left at Disney and she was kind of sick and had like a cough and stuff like that like before we left and then I got a little bit sick when we were on vacation but we have no idea so we just think that's what it is so Aaron went and got the antibodies test but Aaron's parents went and got it done too and they they're fine they didn't have it so um so he was gone the one day and I got up early with the puppy at like six in the morning and just started watching movies. And I watched five movies in one day and every one of them was good. I was very happy about that. I was, fi- I was five for five with watching movies that not necessarily were great, but were good entertainment that I was, I was happy that I watched them. I watched uh, Zombieland 2. If you like this first one, you'll like the second one. It's dumb and it's it has some great moments in it and... Rosario Dawson's in that too, and I love her. But 
Like there's just it was one of those days. But even in quarantine, when you're talking about, yeah, like I watched ten movies over the course of one day. I still don't have time to watch everything that people are writing. <laughs> right, right. I was like, I have, I, my TV watching has not changed in quarantine all that much. Like, I'm still working. I'm, I'm working. I'm working a lot. Like, I'm working a lot of hours. So I'm like, my, my date, my during the week routine is roughly the same. Um, yeah, I just not. don't, I just don't commute. Um, so I'm getting up early. I'm working kind of East Coast hours a little bit, and and all that. Um, no, no. But so no. I'm, then I'm on the other end of the spectrum, where like you, like Aaron hasn't changed much either. Like so that's one of the things that I, because I downstairs with Brody, like she works from up, she works from home now. Basically, and we have an office upstairs, and she just goes up and she has conference calls where she has to talk with all these people and stuff and she has like meetings and things she has to do and i'm just downstairs and so like brody and i've been watching a lot of a lot of television like sean of the sheep i don't know if you're a fan of those old like wallace and gromit yeah, yeah. the the claymation stuff like we've been getting into that so like, i've been watching a considerable amount of stuff so i highly Man, recommend so... teen teen titans go if you haven't watched it oh yeah i've watched a lot i haven't, I haven't watched the movie yet we talked about that i haven't watched the movie yet but i, I was a big fan of that cartoon that's great um, last Airbender. Too, yeah, he's too young for Rick and Morty. I started watching Rick because I forgot I had Hulu because we had Disney Plus yeah. from like the beginning and we got the package where we got ESPN. You have Plus. Disney Plus. You guys should be watching Gargoyles. I, we started it. We watched like three or four episodes, but the animation style for a five-year-old needs to be a little bit have have a wow factor to it, and that's more story. You know what I mean? Like that's a more story, and it's early '90s, Steve. Animation's, yeah, that's true. Animation is yeah. not there but yet. Still. He didn't really. I, mean, I put on the original X Men series, the the one that has the kick ass intro music, but even that didn't really capture his attention. Yeah. Like, uh, we watched the Sonic movie, that was surprisingly good. Not not Which, great, but but good enough that I wasn't just counting down the seconds for it to be over. Like it was it was kind of funny. I like Jim Carrey. I agree with his politics, but he's funny in it. <laughs> so, so we watch, and we again, we just don't watch. We just don't watch a lot of TV, right? And the kids are on their phones. Like, I mean, it's not like the kids don't watch a lot of content. Sure. But the idea of them sitting through a movie is crazy. So, it rained on Saturday, right? We can't go anywhere. So, it, it surprise, it rained in Seattle. And it was cold <laughs> out, and I'd had a long week. It was the end of the quarter, end of the month. Um, and all that stuff at work. So it was ended and then had like a fairly light Friday. And then just Saturday was nice. We just relaxed. We decided we're going to watch. I made popcorn in the middle of the afternoon. And we watched your favorite movie. I am legend. <laughs> I th- Why do you say it like that? Like, I no, no, hate, I, no, I no. It's just hate that movie. No, it, it, it's just the, uh, every time I watch it, I think about you and the, you know, in the, in, in, in because I haven't read the book, right? <laughs> right? And and I encourage the kids to read the book. I think we have a copy. I think after we watched the movie, Janine decided to read the book or something. It's and pretty it's... short, too. Like, I think it's only like 300, 400 pages. Like, it's yeah. a relatively short read. And it's good. It's, it's yeah. a and good the movie's the, the, the movie, And the movie's not bad. Like, <laughs> I, you know, the... <laughs> Steve, the, the when the, the monsters show up, like, the that CGI is so bad, it looks like... It was rendered on a PlayStation Three. It, it does, and when and when you see the early moments of that movie of Will Smith living in an in a abandoned or like just an empty New York, that's some of my favorite post-apocalyptic visuals that I've seen. Outside of like the twenty eight days later when he's walking down empty streets of London, like outside of that, like because I know New York, I'm up in New York a lot, so I'm familiar with a lot of those spots and seeing what they did and use of CGI for the set extensions and stuff like that was fantastic. And then all of a sudden, the monsters that you're supposed to be afraid of show up and they're pixelated. Like they're not <laughs> even like it looks terrible. So like that's that's my qualms about it. But I we saw it opening weekend just because I'm such a big sci fi fan and I remember mm-hmm. being in in the theater when he chokes the dog, like after Sam gets bit and you're just like, it's the most heartbreaking moment in the entire movie. And I turned to Aaron and I was like, listen, there's people crying. She goes, you're a fucking sociopath. I was like, yeah, I know. So we're we're literally five minutes in the movie and Maya's like, does the dog die? I was like, (laughs) 
I was like, my is complicated. It, <laughs> you, you never really find out what happens to the dog. And she, and there's a website called, does the dog die? Yeah. <laughs> like, it's like, and she, I was like, don't, you're going to like it. Don't do it. And she like, she was on her laptop and she was good. But she didn't actually see what happened. Yeah. But she says like the dog guy. And I think it said in I am legend, just, like yep. auto filled, yeah. but she didn't find out. And then it happened. And you're like, oh, yeah. So uh, yeah, it, and Will Smith sells it. Like this sells the relationship with the dog. That that dog is awesome, and it, and you know what I mean. It's just super well yeah, trained. Yeah. So now I got after we watched Jojo Rabbit. I did get speaking of dogs. I got Tiska, my buddy, who I went to social distance movie night. I got him to watch John Wick three because he hadn't seen it yet. He goes, mm-hmm. "Is it good?" I was like, "Oh my god!" I was like, "I'm only I can't stay much longer, but I will watch up to the the extended take action sequence when they escape from Bron, the guy from Game of Thrones." Uh, Continental with the dogs. That is some of my favorite action choreography. But he just turned to look at me and goes, is the rest of the movie like this? I was like, eh, she's not in it much longer, but this part is awesome. And he was like, it sure is. (laughs) All right, so I've got a bunch of random topics here. Okay. And I'll let you pick. Okay. So we we talked about Jojo Rabbit already. We talked about Clone Wars. So in order 66 so we can talk about the nfl draft <laughs> and the browns we can talk about um recasting and redoing my f- one of my favorite movies private eyes uh we can talk about project titan okay we can talk about comedians and cars getting coffee or we can talk about louis ck yeah. <laughs> oh man i mean I, obviously i just want to get your opinion on project titan we don't have to do that about we don't have to do an extended background into what it is. I just was curious to get other people's feedback, like honest stuff. Like it was, it's my first time. Like if I had people that are listening, I was in a short film with a buddy of mine who's been out working on, he's been working on a show, Animal Kingdom. And then I think he was working on All American, that Netflix show about the football player. Like it's a buddy of mine who I've worked on a couple of film projects in and he was shooting this one where he was he needed a, a guy to come and play the lead Burke and I was like dude I've always wanted to be in front of the camera I'm always production I'm always either you know camera operator or lighting design or you know what I mean like I've always been behind the camera I've never felt comfortable in front of it he was like you want to play the lead Merc you get your neck broke I was like fuck yeah I want to do that I was like, let's go run around in a park with some fucking cool ass guns like the the guy that played the the big dude at the very beginning and obviously it was the body double for when he turned into the titan is a uh, is his buddy named Dylan it's Dylan Salva he was a tight end in college and went he was in the mini camps for the Falcons and the Redskins like he's a big legitimate athlete but he's super hilarious too like he's this kind of surfer laid back kind of the one that know, snapped your neck the guy that snapped my neck and so yeah. like we just they were just like yeah let's just go up and make the the girl that he brought in to play the the the, the girl that was my boss like the the main villainess was this super nice super cute thandy look at thandy newton look at lookalike from from new york who came down and it was just one of those days it was perfect like it was nice out we were in this this completely enclosed environment which we could basically do whatever we want and we ran around and made a short film and it was fun so like that's the kind of projects i really enjoy but it was the first time i had been on camera and i I hate every second that my stupid face is on screen so i was (laughs) you know fish for a little bit of compliments it was good i showed it to the kids they liked it like it was it was well done it was a well done I mean, was it a short film? Yeah, it was. The, it was. The, he calls it the prologue to like a, a bigger movie that he's writing. And I was like, "You realize you're writing Captain America?" And he was like, "Yeah, I know, man. That's why I called it something else." But it's set in modern times. And I was like, "Okay, fair enough." <laughs> this story arc is you're talking about the Super Soldier Serum, and he was like, "Yeah." Now that you pointed it out, I realize that's what it is. But, but yeah, he wants to. It. I mean, he needed stuff for his reel. He needed to put together like a directing reel. He's yeah, done it was some good. other stuff. It was He's good. Like, it had good. I like the. I like the sound pa- soundtrack. I like it was all edited, shot well. The guy that good. did the the color the color grading is the guy that does the color grading on All American, the the Netflix show. And the guy that oh, did nice. the special effects like did really good job. Like those are just airsoft guns we were running. Like the one that I had was the only actually inactive real gun that we had. It was some rare Russian 
assault rifle. Oh, Charlie picked up on that, yeah. I was kind of bummed because I wanted, like, the other ones had blowback. Like, that's why I wanted to run around with, like, the M that M16 that the one kid had. Like, obviously mm-hmm. the M60 didn't, but, like, all the other ones were blowback airsoft guns that feel real and have a little bit of kick to them. But it was fun. It was, it was one of those things, like, I was just happy to be making stuff again that's the same if you remember from my my instagram feed steve the one that had the behind the scenes of like the world war ii in the snow yeah yeah it's the same kid it's my it's my buddy matt is oh nice he went to temple i met him through like a friend of a friend we worked together on a couple projects he made a couple things that i came in and helped out on he was like you always said you want to be in front of the camera you want to get your neck broken i was like yeah the only thing i really don't like is i don't i'm not struggling when he picks me up i'm just kind of like standing there but I was standing on an egg crate. It was what it was. We just had to figure out how to pull the gag off. And I was like, all right, when I walk in, I'm going to stand up on this egg crate, but I'll crouch down so I don't raise up all that high. And so when he <laughs> picks me up, I'll stand on my tipping toes, and then he can throw me to the ground. They're like, do you, need a, do you need a stunt pad? I was like, nah, man, I'm good. Like, this is just fun. <laughs> it was good. I mean, is it getting any, like, a lot of likes? Or yeah. Like, is it, it got, getting... like, a thousand views within, like, the Feed... first day, I think. Feedback? Cool. Yeah. Well, like, I was happy to be a part of it. How, you, how come you didn't tweet that out? Or did you? I did. Oh, I'm pretty right. sure I did. If not, I know I shared it on Facebook, which I never share anything on Facebook. Right. So It was good. Yeah. He's, he shared it a bunch of times and like tagged me and stuff, too. So nice. get to it eventually. But you yeah. should do more of that stuff. Just saying. After quarantine, yeah. I've been trying to huh. think of something I can shoot by myself, and the only thing I can come up with is a guy by himself at the end of the at the end of the world, which isn't really the kind of headspace I want to try to pour no. my focus No, into. I think what you could, you should do is almost like, you know, Rear Window, the Hitchcock classic that with Jimmy Stewart, and then where he's, he, he's uh, incapacitated, he's broke his leg, so he can't go anywhere, he's stuck in his apartment, but he can see across to the apartment across the way, and he watches his neighbors, and he starts to create this narrative in his head, and then they redid it with Christopher Reeve after Christopher Reeve was paralyzed yeah. from falling off a horse. So yeah. you could probably redo that, but instead of looking at your neighbors during quarantine, like you could come up like you land in a Zoom meeting by accident or something, yeah. and you're like following what's going on in people's lives. you make a killing, and you could do it all from home during the quarantine, make a lot of money. That's not... Yeah, it's it's not as easy as you're making it out to be. Like, yeah, just sure do that concept. No, Steve, how am it's, I going to get camera brilliant. movement? How am I going to get camera movement? The only you way you make you make you bullshit, Steve. When's you don't the need last... it. Okay, people spoken, making people making like... tons of money on TikTok. Okay, so that's what you want me to do now, Steve. If you want me <laughs> no. to take my all the film knowledge that I have and resort to TikTok, that's an entirely different medium. It's entirely different. It's like you write, Steve, can you write jingles? Can I write write, what, jingles? Yeah, can you write music? Just because you play drums, that obviously means you know how to write jingles and write music. I would love to write a jingle. Okay, but can you? Gun to your head right now, if someone was just like, hey, I can make you go viral this second by creating a six-minute perfect loop. You could do that? Mm. Six-minute? That's not a jingle. A jingle's like 16 seconds. How about, yeah, all right, 16 seconds. Like like an intro to a web series that somebody who you're related to asked you to do two years ago, and I still have yet to get any kind of preliminary data. Uh, I, I sent you some samples. I've no, yet to see the, see the show. What, are you, you're waiting on doing the show for the for the soundtrack? Don't turn this back around on me. <laughs> I asked you to do something. I said 15 seconds. I, I said three minutes. I even gave you like a, a template of what I wanted, and you still haven't gotten me anything yet. I gave you some stuff. No. Like, I at least gave you three or four samples. You did not. Oh, I gave God. you like a blues porn wah-wah pedal thing, and then I got uh, I did like a, no. a, a rip-off of Icky Thump. You most certainly did not. Sure. I, I want you to go find that email and forward it to me. All right. I will. Not Dollar right bet. now. Not, not why we're on air. Dollar bet. But it has to be legitimate. Don't go change the time in your, <laughs> in your computer. Send me an email and be like, look, it totally just came through. Oh, right. fair enough. But anyway. I did send so, it to you. Wait, I don't want to. I, okay, so your other topics were Louis C.K., which I don't really want to discuss because I haven't watched it. Uh, something else that I haven't watched yet. Like I can't discuss things that I haven't watched. Okay. Other, I wish I wish you would have watched Louis C.K. So here, I'm gonna I'm just gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna give you my thoughts on it. And Steve, it's just hard. Like we've talked about this a lot on the podcast. It's hard for me to separate art from artist, and he might be able to validate his actions 
on the the special or give some kind of justification or make make it seem okay to laugh about but i just don't want to be put in that context that's all that's that's why it's hard for me it's hard for me to separate the two like there's just so much out there that i could watch that losing him isn't going to be the end of my consumption of comedy if that makes sense that's all yeah that wasn't my point and my point was to (laughs) to um watch the comedy Uh, what i wanted you to do is watch it and be like it's not as good because it's not it's his his i watched the special i laughed there was good stuff in it it not as good it it is easily his worst special in terms of the comedy and it's he what has happened to him has changed him sure um and one of the things that I liked about Louis C.K. is he had a vulnerability, right? Or at least he, he talked about his daughters a lot. He talked about his he talked about himself a lot and put himself. He was almost self deprecating, and it, I think he's lost that. And he now he's trying to be like this more talk about the world, talk about other stuff. It just wasn't as good, and it wasn't is it wasn't because. It it's because be what it, what, what this... it's because what has happened has changed him, and what happened has changed comedy, and and it, what it's... happened has changed your perception of his comedy. Like that's what I mean. You everything you see now is through that lens, so you can go back and watch some of his other specials and some of the stuff he says. You're just like, oh my god, there is way more truth in this comedy than I originally had thought, which makes it so <laughs> much creepier. And that's what I mean. Like, that's why when you said it to me, I was like, dude, I don't even know if I want to. Just because I can compartmentalize it. Like, I was yeah. a huge Louis C.K. fan. I saw him twice live. Like, I, I, I bought all his specials. I have all I, I, the DVDs are somewhere in my house. But what happened changes your perspective on everything that that person has done. And that's not, that's not necessarily through any fault of our own but it's just the coverage of it his reaction to it his i'm just gonna go and hide for a while instead of addressing it and then the what was it the the confidentiality agreement that they did when he kind of came out of retirement to try new material and you know it was like a five five hundred thousand dollar penalty or something like that like nah man I'm, I'm all right. I'll go watch something else. Like I'll just, I'll, I'll find something mm. else to focus my time on because there's other people out there that haven't done, at least to my knowledge, hasn't, haven't done stuff like that. And, and I just, I you don't hope agree. you hope, you hope that's, 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 but that's you know. the, and that's the thing, right? It's the, um, you know, <laughs> well, so I, I think I think take the take this out of it. Take what happens of him out of it, and, and this is me just trying to be completely objective. It's just that this comedy special wasn't as good, and it wasn't as good because it wasn't. It, he is approaching comedy differently. I think he's being more guarded with his with his personal life and with everything, and he's 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 doing these things to be funny. And I mean, he was playing in front of a packed house. I mean, it was. And I can't remember where he was. Philly? No. No, no. He, was not. he was not in Philly. No, where was he? Philly wouldn't have Philly wouldn't have packed his house, I don't think. Yeah, I don't know where he was. Anyways, I, it was just it was just interesting because I watched it and I was just like, this isn't as good. And it wasn't because of my perception because I really wanted to like it. I really want I like I'm I'm big in redemption. I'm big into like people being able to fix themselves and, and get better. Like you can't it's not the world's not a one-way street for most people. Like, you, no, there's, you... I'm not saying it's. I'm not saying that either, Steve. I believe in redemption, but you have to take the necessary steps for that redemption to be earned. It's not earned just due to the passage of time. It's not. It's not earned just because you haven't done anything equally shitty since then. You know what I mean? Like, it's not one of those things that it just goes away by you keeping your nose down and going away for a little bit. That's not the way it works. You right. need to show genuine attrition and, 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 and own the fact that you made a mistake and take the necessary steps in a very public way because the way it happened was in a very public, was in a very public way. Right. And I just, I don't know. He didn't take those steps necessary. He kind of glossed over them and, and just expects us to put him at that same 
point, and I just I don't I don't agree with that. But on a lighter note, did you happen to see there was a Twitter thing going around about who's the most likable and nice celebrity in all of Hollywood history? And it was your boy, the Fonz. Like, oh, Henry, really? Henry, <laughs> Henry Winkler, Winkler apparently is like the sweetest man in the entire world, like has always shook everybody that works on the movie that he's on from director and executive producer all the way down to production assistant introduces himself mm-hmm. said if there's anything he can do to help their career to let him know and he's just like i was like all right good that makes me happy and apparently ryan reynolds is really awesome too so seems like it like but you, yeah he seems like a cool dude hopefully like, it's just one of those ones like he's been married or engaged a few times like so there's something there that's not 100 percent right but he was married to Scarlett Johansson. Like, yeah, and he was engaged to Atlantis Morissette. Oh, really? Yeah. Like, they never got married, but they they were engaged. For, Are you for, confusing him with uh, the dude from... You know, Dave Couillet? No. Yeah. Not, not, not the Cut It Out guy from Full House. <laughs> nope. I, I am not. Cut it out. But he finally came out and admitted that Jagged Little Pill was all about him. Or heavily inspired by their nasty breakup. Oh, yeah. And you're talking about David Couillet, not... Uh... Not Ryan Reynolds. Ryan Reynolds makes jokes about it, and I guess that's okay, but yeah. who knows. But yeah, no, and I, I remember seeing that, that, that poll that came up and said Henry, everybody talked about Henry Winkler, and I was like, oh, okay, fair enough. Just the nicest dude in the history of everything. So Nice. There you go. All right, so and putting the nail in the Louis C.K. coffin. <laughs> It was, I was flipping through Netflix and I was sitting outside and, um, what the hell did I watch? I watched the Burt Kreischer. <laughs> Have you watched his newest one? No. It, oh my God. He's funny, but he is funny, but he's more of like one of those guys that it's better just to get him telling stories in a, in a, in an impromptu setting. He's really good on podcasts and radio. He always comes on this one, this one morning show that I listened to in Philly and he's always great. Like goes and does like the, they do like a day out at uh, one of the. They go to Hershey Park and they, they mm-hmm. do like a day out. At, and he always goes and like rides the rides the, the rides with the the listeners and does like a bit with them. Like I prefer that like, than his actual stand ups. His most recent one was actually filmed in Philly in the Trocadero before it closed down. I forget which what the name of that one was. Is it Man Baby or Man Child? Or... I swear he was in Cleveland. Well, I, one of them, one of it, the most recent ones. Yeah, so the one that just came out like within the last couple of weeks. Oh, then maybe not. Watch it. He he tells these stories about his girls, about his kids mm-hmm. that are completely relatable and hysterical. And you you're like, there's no way this is true. And then you just watch the end credits. Just I'm sure. I, I he, but like, hopefully it doesn't come out that he's a piece of crap because he's gotten himself into a lot of situations yeah. like through his party. Wasn't that, that didn't Ryan Reynolds play him in Van Wilder? Yeah. Like Van that was Wilder's based on him. <laughs> based off a of, well, National Lampoons wrote an article about Burt Kreischer when he was down at I think it was Florida State, and that's what the the movie is based off the article and took it just kind of changed it, but apparently became very philanthropic during his like sixth and seventh year at Florida State and. Like, apparently that the the machine story where he went to Russia is a hundred percent true. Like those are those are great stories, but there's got to be some darkness because you don't get stories like that without having a few other ones that didn't end <laughs> so right, well right, before right. him. But he like Je- my sister Jen loves him, and like anytime I see something with Bert Kreischer, I'll send it to him. He there was a, a video that he posted of him where he was in. Of course, of course, this is pre quarantine but he was in he walked into a liquor store to get some alcohol and i forget what print song came over came on over the pa system and he ran up to the counter and got him to turn it up louder and got the entire liquor store to start dancing and singing to this print song and he just he was like after it was over he paid for his stuff and he just walked out and that was it and he was like that was one of the best moments of my life <laughs> i love i love Bird yeah, so I would I would recommend this latest one. I, I really had never watched them before, and I watched one other special, um, and I was just like, ah, guy with his shirt off. And then I was like, oh, this is not 
this is kind of funny. And then I watched it, and uh, the last one was good. But anyways, after that, I was still had, still had a little bit left in the tank. I uh, was finishing up my cigar, so I uh, put on the Pete Davidson special because it just happened to be up there. You know him, right? Yes, I know who he is. No thanks. Sorry, I was taking a drink of my water. So <laughs> his new special, whatever it is on Netflix, the first 10 minutes, like he opens with... So let me tell you how Louis C.K. tried to get me fired from SNL. <laughs> and he's he like, and he used to be, and he was, and he kept going back. He, he used to be a well-respected comedian, and he tells this story where Louis literally tried to get him fired from SNL for smoking weed. And I was like, Ugh. all right, that's enough. I'm that's good. enough. That's enough. I'm you good on the. I'm good it. on the Louis. So you don't have to watch the Louis C.K. I see. I, Steve, I've already. I'm already. I was already at that point. Yeah. I was at that point about two years ago is when I kind of was just like, all right, there's enough out there that I can still enjoy without having a moral dilemma in my head. Right. All right. So. So wait, so what were the other topics? I don't remember what the other. Wait, I'm gonna, but I'm going to segue. I'm going to pick your next topic. So yeah. right. comedians and cars getting coffee. So I, I kind of go back and forth. Right? I like the, the when these there's certain guests on that I that I like, I'll, I'll watch, like I'll skip over some, but that whole concept is good. It's been copied a bunch now, right? People in cars doing things, but I think he stole it originally. I think there was a lawsuit that he had to actually pay out a certain extent or he won because it wasn't enough like it, but it was something similar. No, I think what happens is he even, he even goes on at the beginning and he talks about all the other people doing in car stuff. Uh, so anyways, he has comedians on and they drive around in classic cars that, and he tries to find classic cars that mount, like marry with the personalities. Yeah, and it's it's just there's it, it, and they sit and have coffee, and it's just a more casual conversation. But they ask each other about comedy because he's so well respected, right? So mm-hmm. people going out with him, they're like some some of the younger comedians or lesser known are a little starstruck. But I watched two the other night, and they were both great. One was Martin Short. Yeah. And you just forget about how funny he is. I don't. Like, <laughs> I do. I most certainly do not, Steve. Like I, most people do. I, I get what you're saying, but shit, man. Like Three Amigos is still one of my top ten <laughs> comedies of all time. <laughs> and like all the stuff that comes out of Chevy Chase being a complete piece of garbage. Sure, all right. I I can disassociate yeah. that a little bit because he plays an a hole in most of them. Instead of trying to play mm-hmm. a lovable loser. Like Louie was. Like Chevy Chase's characters have all been Ty Webb's a dick. Like he's just an asshole. So like I could see that Chevy Chase in real life is probably an asshole. So yeah, I yeah. would be friends with him. But don't portray yourself to be this lovable loser when you're really this other person. So But Martin Short has always been up. I mean, the all the stuff from Saturday Night Live, like I, I, I don't know why I always thought uh Ed what the heck was the dude? Ed Grimley? Is that, is that his character? Yeah, yeah. I must, say, I must say. I must say. I don't know why I remember that because that was like I was maybe five or six, but dad, I remember dad thinking it was hysterical, so I thought it was hysterical. So that like introduction to Martin Short has always been. The the comedy specials of him and Steve Martin, people think both of them are such cheese balls, but you put the two of them together, and that's one of the best comedy specials I've oh, seen. Oh, the latest one they did where they like yeah. been on tour together, him the and Steve Martin? The storytellers where they basically just tell the history of their lives, and they're, it, it is fantastic. And, they're and they play great. off each other, yeah. and yeah. Yeah. But like that's what I mean. So what if it came out that Martin Short was masturbating, forcing people to watch him <laughs> masturbate? Like I, I would feel terrible, and I would have to write that off. So Martin Short, if you're listening, or if anyone knows anything about Martin Short, just don't tell me. Yeah, me please, eat. please. Yeah. We need, yeah, but he, yeah, it seems like a good dude comes across yeah. genuine. Like it was, it was funny. So then I watched. I'm just flipping through, and I was like, oh. And I hadn't watched it. Like he, I think he was the only one that was on twice, which was Dave Einstein, right? So Super Dave. <laughs> Yeah, uh, Dave Osborne. Uh, that yeah, was just, that was his show name. Sorry. Yeah. So his name's Dave Dave Einstein, and 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 he's friends with Jerry because he was on the Curb, Curb Your Enthusiasm with Larry David and all that. So he he's on it. Oh my God, was he hilarious? Yeah. Like it, that that deadpan, almost like he almost had that lurch like personality. Mm-hmm. Like he talked very slow and deliberate. And very sarcastic. It was really funny, but I, I bring it up because there's a there's a 
there's a story in there. And I, I encourage the listeners to watch it. And I think you should watch it. It's only like the whole thing is like 18 minutes long, right. which is why I like these little, you know, they're quick hits. You know, I don't have to be invested for hours. I can just watch a little quick thing. But he tells a story about his dad was a comedian, and he talks about how he didn't want to get into show business and, and all that, and then he and he did, and then at the end they actually show like the the classics like Milton Berle and everybody talk about his dad, which is kind of cool. So stuff you never knew, and then I think he he passed in the last year or so, right, Dave? Yeah, Dave Einstein. Yeah, yeah, yeah not too long ago. But those and, those are the ones I prefer. I've I've watched a lot of those comedians in the cars and i don't really like the big big names or the ones that are either not friends with him like the ones where he does with chris rock are great because you can tell they've been friends for 40 years now growing up in new york together like same with like sandler or Patton oswald or all those ones that you can tell he's genuinely friends with that are instead of just making appearances to plug something but that's then again jerry doesn't need the money so a lot of those are just him and his friends yeah. doing something. Speaking of which, going back to Louis, do you, did you ever see that? I don't know whose show it was on. I don't know why they did it, where it was Chris Rock, Ricky Gervais, Jerry Seinfeld, and Louis C.K. sitting around not, no. doing like a round table. It was brilliant. Uh, it like and they're talking about how they got into comedy and they had all toured with each other and all that. It was, it was worth watching. Well, no, but I will use any any chance that I get to remind people that remember that dinner for five, that John Favreau. Did John Favreau, movie? yeah, I love that. Just to plug that, they should bring that back. I want to see John Favreau and all those guys now, like Vince Vaughn and every Justin Long, all those ones that were on it before. <laughs> right. It's it'd be interesting. It's uh, ten years later. That show was on. Nah, it might even be longer than that now. Like fifteen years later, be curious to see. If they could redo it. And now John Favreau can basically do whatever he wants. He's just printing money, too. So, <laughs> Right. And he's like the golden boy of Disney now, right? Yeah. Yeah, Between Marvel and Star Wars. That, that, that The Mandalorian documentary about the entire thing is basically focused on him and our, our boy Dave Filoni. Like, I will just start telling people I know Dave Filoni or my, my sister went to college with him just to try to get, like, maybe get in a room with him. Like, hey, man, right. my sister went to Edinburgh with you. And he goes, no way. Yeah, what show was she in or what uh, class was she in? Like, I don't know. I don't even know if you went to class with her, but I'm going to tell you that. Just she, I'm pretty sure our sister didn't go to class. No, absolutely yeah. not. All right. But. So I guess that leaves us with a text I want to I want to wrap up this week well and then we can talk about anything you want to talk about oh wait we can talk about football so I get it so the movie Private Eyes we've talked about on the podcast before so, which is one of my favorites and it's a not a very well known movie at least I don't think it is like I only've met a handful of people and it's the test it's like you with John Wick or anything but it's <laughs> even far more obscure that people, A, have seen Private Eyes starring the comedy duo of Tim Conway and Don Knotts. Um, and then of the people who've seen it actually like it. So the, the one of them is, and this was our kinship from the beginning, was my uh, friend Shannon, who's married to, to Dan, right? And even back when they were dating, um, when we, we found out that we both loved this movie, it's kind of been one of the things that we could joke about, whatever. So... Uh, she texted me out of the blue. I hadn't talked to her in a while. She texted me out of the blue and was like, hey, um, I hope oh, I got to find the beginning of this. Um, and I'm going to try not to read the whole thing, but she was like, hey, it was a rough day, whatever. I need to watch a movie. And she really wanted to watch a rock Kevin Hart movie that she hadn't seen. And Dan was like, well, what, what remake, if you could, if you remake any movie with those two people in it, what would you what would you do? And she was like, Private Eyes with Kevin Hart playing Dr. Tart, which was Tim Conway's character. <laughs> so we proceed over text to go back and forth and recast the entire movie. And I think I think we could get this greenlit. Okay. You dude, ready? I haven't seen dude, I, I you know what I mean? It's not one of those I haven't seen private eyes in 15 or 20 years so like, all right but it but it fits with it's a it's a comedy that fits with sure knives out it fits with all of those who done it in an old house all that stuff just fits okay. and do yourself a favor go watch it where can i find it i'll Did have to have, send it to i'll have to send it to you because it's out of print 
Yeah, I was going to say, didn't you have problems finding it? So, like, how am I going to be able to find so it? So you don't even remember? So when I say that... Vaguely. Vaguely. So Steve. instead of... Okay, then I'll stop here. Instead of Tim Conway and Don Knotts, who did the Apple Dumpling Gang, they did a bunch yes. of stuff together. The Ghost and the Chicken, yes. I'm familiar with this, the comedy yeah. duo of the two of them. You yeah. guys, so you we and do... Dad were both equally affectionate towards Tim Conway and Don Knotts. I got it. Yes. I used to watch a lot of Dorf. Lord Dorf on golf, yes. So... <laughs> Then I then I'll, I'll stop here. But it was and and I guess you would have to appreciate the cast of the the original movie. But tell me the archetypes. I'll I'll be able to identify like if they're a good yeah, fit. Just by the, it's, it's, yes, you can. It's is tricky. It the, is it the I, bumbling I sheriff? Is it the, the hoity-toity house house master? Is it the butler? You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So so we so the, 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 the instead of the rock playing off of because he wouldn't fit so you do kevin hart as tim conway and then you and i was like do Chappelle as <laughs> don Knotts. so you do Chappelle and hart which i don't know if they've ever been in anything together not that i can remember so i thought that would be good and then there's the groom the one that has the he he's the groom like he's the he works in the stables he had his tongue cut out for talking to the the woman yeah. of the house or whatever. So I was like, Patton Oswalt would be great for the groom. Miss <laughs> um, Phyllis, who's the, the, so her, basically her parents get killed. The Morleys, she's like the adopted daughter. Okay. She, she's like elegant, almost like a princess. I was like, Katie Holmes is like a dead ringer for that, for that one. Katie, um, Katie Holmes, like the former Mrs. Tom Cruise, Dawson's yes. Creek, Katie Holmes. Yes. Okay. We're not really going on comedic ability or acting ability. All right. No, but that character is not com- funny. Complete... She's she plays it straight. She's she's a straight. Right. I'm she... saying that Katie Holmes is not a good actress. Okay. Whatever. Get, get out of here with that. Then you could do a Mia Kunisim. Okay. So um, she's not a good actress either. Natalie <laughs> <laughs> that, Portman. I don't know. Like. All right. So the nanny is like gaunt like she's almost like the 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 woman of the house like i don't want to call her the like house mother she 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 plays yeah yeah she plays opposite the the butler right yeah um so we're going back i came up with courtney cox on that one (laughs) all right (laughs) those are just random like that's not necessarily i was all right i guess yeah what what era courtney cox like courtney cox now yeah Oh yeah, this woman is like in the movie is old. <laughs> She's old and like just like like way skinny and like bony face and everything. Yeah, again, you just you should even be looking at the pictures online. I'm not. Um, no, like he'll, put Lynn he'll, Shay. See, that's why I think Lynn Shay is the the lady that plays the landlord in Kingpin. That that lady. She was in mm. like she's been in like The Conjuring. She's yeah, been in that's a ton not... of stuff. And she, Courtney Cox doesn't have the comedic timing to play the old lady of the house unless you want to do it with the Monica manic energy that she has. Like you're talking. That's about what Frank. you need. Yeah. 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 And then where do we end up? Oh, so the butler was the guy named Justin. Justin the butler, and. uh we went back and forth on this one. She had a bunch. Who did she have? Vince Vaughn was the butler. I landed on John Larroquette. And she's like, isn't he dead? And I was like, I don't I think, think so. I think he had throat cancer or jaw cancer or something, but he's not dead, oh. I believe. And then I was like, then I realized, I was like, what about Nick Cage? Can't have a movie without Nick Cage. Yeah, you can. Yeah, you can. I, I, I like. I really like Nick Cage, and I, I like that he just makes whatever he wants, and he's just as weird as he wants to be in public. Like, I love that. I just own it if you want to be that fucking weird. But I watched Color Out of Space, this H.P. Lovecraft story that the guy named Richard Stanley. Do you ever remember me telling you the story about the the island of Doctor Moreau? That, that yes, do, yeah, that, yeah. That, that's the director. So Richard, this is Richard Stanley's first big budget movie since that complete cluster f of a movie <laughs> completely like he went into hiding he went and, like he was just he was like living in the middle of nowhere i think he was like bartending or just doing something just to stay off the grid and this was his first movie back and steve it was great hb lovecraft is one of those one of those writers that one he was racist as shit but like the stuff is all based <laughs> on the visual 
there's not really a tangible once you start seeing the monster then it's not really Lovecraft anymore so like the special effects were great there's a lot of like thing references and stuff but like Nick Cage has to go crazy in the movie and he does and there's like one or two scenes early when he's just starting to go crazy that he goes full cage and it, it kind of throws you off for a second because it's kind of funny but then it makes sense later when he's supposed to be completely crazy and he sees all the stuff but like earlier it just kind of he's real calm and then he just snaps and yells and I was like whoa all right so let's let's so you don't always need Nick Cage in there but he's a great actor he is an unbelievable actor and I will argue with anybody that says he's not he just has a certain style that doesn't necessarily work every time <laughs> right, right. His range is is unique. Who are you marketing this movie to, Steve? I'm not sure. <laughs> they, like like the three talking... people that I know that have seen it, myself. Yeah, the guy people that are gigantic and... movie theater goers are going to go see yeah. it a couple of times, Steve. Like, yeah, you're. Not I don't know, but you put you put. You I thought put you were Dave Chappelle. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Dave Chappelle's not going to do it. <laughs> like, it's kind of whole Dave. Uh. Dave Dave Chappelle's whole persona is not doing something just for a paycheck. That's true. $50 million. So I'll, I'll leave you with this. If I'll you, wrap up. Steve, if you need, if you want a great palate cleanser for comedy in general, they just put it on, it's either on Amazon Prime or Netflix. It's the Dave Chappelle got the Mark Twain Award. I just finished that. That's what I was going to talk about. So, I was like, so good. I, oh Steve, my I God. Caught, I caught that on PBS the first time it aired. It was one of those things where I, it caught, it was like 10 o'clock at night. I was flipping through the channels at 9.57 and I just happened to like stop and look down at my phone when I hit page down and it came up on like PBS Masterpiece and it said Mark Twain Awards and I was like, oh, I wonder who got it just on a whim as I looked up from my phone and it said Dave Chappelle. And I was like, well, guess I'm watching this for the next hour, hour and a half. And it was great hearing all like Jon Stewart, Sarah Silverman, all of them tell the stories about he put his work in and like just be like some of his stuff is a lot really controversial. But his next specials have always addressed that concept which is which is one of the things that i talk about that ownership goes a long way like chevelle comes back out and talks about the things that got him in trouble before and explains himself that makes narrative sense and he's a fantastic storyteller so to see him get the mark twain award and hear all of these other comedians that i love and respect like john stewart go up and and gush about how great of a person dave chevelle is is was made me happy. I sent it to Benny. I sent it to a bunch it of was, friends. It was, and it was funny. Like John Stewart, you just forget how, how funny, how funny. Yeah. Uh, just as a like storyteller, MC, great timing. Like <laughs> Comedy Central has fifty million dollars. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'll take. I'm taking good care of that money. I miss. I miss John Stewart tremendously. But like, I think that's one of the only times that they've ever taken the Mark Twain Awards and like advertised it on a streaming service like it's been on like their i think pbs is on demand yeah because he was like the 13th comedian or something or no it's been around forever to get that award i Mm -hmm. mean it doesn't always go to comedians it goes you know what i mean like it's the mark twain award it goes to writers it goes to you know what i mean like he's just the first well no i think there's different classes it's not just one mark twain award there's there's like the mark twain award for comedy there's mark twain award for stage I think I think there's different categories. Sure, but yeah, I'm glad you brought that up because that's what I was gonna, I was just going to mention that that I watched that too. So I'm watching more stuff like that, and then I watched the John Coltrane documentary. I watched the Miles Davis documentary. Miles Davis was a piece of garbage. If you want to talk about people that are not great people but great artists, like yeah, Miles Davis was a. It was a piece of work. Yeah, it was, and it was weird because, like, I don't know, struggle's real. Like, he came from money. His dad was a affluent dentist in St. Louis, and like the second most wealthy person in the state. Yep. So I mean, like, and I, I used to be dude. Like Weber in high school got me really into jazz and that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of Coltrane, a lot of Miles Davis. And as soon as I found out who Miles Davis was, I took that took that CD out of my big <laughs> my big CD case and just put it in a drawer somewhere. I was like, all right, no more from you, Miles Davis. <laughs> <laughs> well, and the fact that Coltrane played with Miles Davis, 
like sure. that quintet like there was that couple when they did gotta be um blue uh what was it called uh not gotta be blue um born born to be blue sure i don't know whatever i'm not up on my jazz that whole thing but yeah that coltrane was in miles davis's band so but anyways i've been watching stuff like that miles davis and- used to pay prostitutes to fart in their mouth there's audio recording of Miles Davis talking about talking about, talking about the undercover agent of him talking right. about I want to fart in your mouth. Oh. Nope, Miles Davis, you're in the drawer. CD out of the case <laughs> in the drawer. Nope. I think we might have to do a whole episode of who's in Chris's drawer. <laughs> there's, a decent amount, there's a decent amount of people. Like as soon as I find out something, be like, guess what? Your shit is out of my rotation. In the drawer, yeah. you get you got a naughty drawer. Oof. Yeah. Yeah, see, but then I'm just now I'm just picking on people or <laughs> finding people I want to bad mouth in it. But Miles Davis came up organically in this conversation. <laughs> That's why I talked about. He didn't try to touch his trumpet for like six years, and then came back in the '80s and, yeah. and wearing these crazy big glasses and dressing all looking '80s, like, and, looking like Bootsy Collins. Yeah, and 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 then did like rebirth of cool my ass. Yeah, <laughs> you, do not, you cannot pull off Boots Collins outfit. Boots Collins then, can't even really pull off. Boots he Collins did a whole outfit. bunch. Of, he did a whole bunch of stuff, and yeah, no, then died like sixty five or whatever. So he, yeah, he was sixty five and hard man. He died early ninety one. Yeah, except if you're Osborne, <laughs> right? If you're Ozzy, except <laughs> if you're Ozzy Osborne, he's a poor man. I used to have that was, picture. In my, there was the, a picture the, the story that got me in the Miles Davis documentary was his, his, his wife, the one, the woman he was married to the longest. She was an actress and everything, and um, <laughs> they were at a party, and she, I think they got home, and she's like, you know, Quincy Jones is very handsome, <laughs> and then she's like, then, and then I saw stars, and I was on the floor. <laughs> I was like, okay, yeah, and she's yeah. like, and it wasn't the last time. You're like, all right. There you go. There you go. In the drawer. Yep. CDs out right. of rotation in the drawer. <laughs> Louis C.K. in the drawer. In Sorry. the drawer. Sorry about The Cos. I still have my Cos records. I just can't Cosby, put them on. Yep. Cosby's in the drawer. That hurt me, that hurt me the most. That I mean, hurt. I'm not going to lie, Steve. That one did. Like, if we were to talk about such... one set, I was super bummed to find out that they were just pieces of shit. Like, Bill Cosby was one of those ones. Because it's you and Dad. You and Dad making me watch Bill Cosby himself, but I didn't even understand half the jokes, like the Scotch leg, and I didn't understand all of those <laughs> jokes until I saw them much later. But all of that in the Cosby Show, and then and the, yeah, just... and to go from being one thing to the complete opposite. Yeah, there's others that were like, yeah, all right, they're on the. You could tell they were always walking a line. Yeah, like, like I wouldn't be surprised if Sam Kinnis and other stories came out of him being a piece of crap. But like I, I accept that in Kinnis. Yeah, I mean that was part of that yeah. was part of who he was. But he wasn't like pretending to be one thing and really America's being something dad. else. America's yeah, exactly, dad exactly. Me a little bit too much. It'd be like Bob Saget, right? Yes. Yeah. Bob Saget, well, that's not necessarily mm. true because the way he was portrayed with America's Funniest Home Videos didn't actually re- reflect the way he was in his stand-up. No. Because I remember was... you pointed when I first started getting a little bit older, you were like, you don't know Bob Saget? I was like, the guy from America's Funniest Home Videos? The guy's a cornball. And you're like, no, he's not. And you showed me a special, and I was like, holy shit, is that vulgar? <laughs> but that's why I always use the segment because if that's all people know him from is Full House and, and America's Funniest Home Videos, I show him the aristocrat. He talks about yeah, the, yeah. the boil on the Olsen twin shoulders, and that popped, and then he just tells that story, and you're like, yep, that's that's who Bob Saget is. But Yeah, what was the what, the one movie where he... Oh, man, they were in court. No, you know it's, what I'm the, about? It's, it's half-baked. It's, oh, they're, my they're God, really yes. Like, you ever suck dick for marijuana? Because <laughs> I suck dick for coke. <laughs> Boo this man! Boo! Oh, and you and you and he was so fresh off of um, all that, know. like America's Funniest Home Videos and everything. You're just like, oh my god, Bob Saget. Yeah, I love that so. that cameo. And then he was I, Entourage is now looking back was such was the what probably the broiest show I've ever watched in my life. But he, like when he was on it, living down the street from Vinny Chase and just siphoning off. The like eights and nines of his entourage, like the the eight or nine, ten rated girls, like he was cracking me up, and like he would show up places with just a harem of hookers with him, and he was like, just <laughs> cocaine smeared under his nose. <laughs> like, was, yeah, 
Yeah, All right. I think we covered everything I wanted to cover, and I guess I didn't give you a lot of choices. Uh, not really. I mean, we're talking, you felt like about all of them. I it all kind of it, it all stitched together. It's funny how I just have a random list that actually kind of you can tie it all together. Yeah, it's like I'm good at my job. If my job was talking about <laughs> pop culture stuff. We didn't talk about the draft, but I don't want to talk about that this time. We'll do yeah, that next time. Let's do that when we get closer to the season. I like the draft. I thought we did really well. I was happy with the people that we got. Yeah. So, oh, I will say this. So they did announce today that there will be no international games. No international games. Fuck and I really, really, like, I was I was saving up all, like, all of my trust capital Everything, all my favors, everything to get to go, ideally with you and dad to go to a game in London. Ah, uh, don't tell me that. But yeah, but fuck London. At least this year, it would have been who, fun. Who were we supposed to play? We don't know. I've never. They, but, we didn't even know that we were going to play in London, or maybe we uh, were one of the teams selected. We don't know when, where. It was you supposed know. to be five international games, and I think we were just selected to be in that pool. I don't think. Yeah. Necessarily, maybe we were. I don't know if they play them anywhere else. They play in Mexico. Yeah. <laughs> I guess that's international. But... <laughs> <laughs> it's, just down, it's just down there. Like, you don't have to yeah, fly. But I was like, how fun, how fun would it be to fly to, like, on a Thursday, fly to London, yeah, hang out, go to a Browns game, like, at Wembley Stadium or wherever crazy place they play, yeah. American football, and then, like, fly home on, like, a Monday or Tuesday. That would be fun. Yeah, well... So Thank you coronavirus. Yeah, it's maybe twenty twenty two. Twenty twenty one. But no, I like the draft. We can talk about it when it gets closer to the season. I, cool. I, I really yeah, like it, there are. might be a season. Maybe. We'll see. Oh. They're gonna play all their games in Vegas out in the middle of the desert so no one can touch them on like an old Air Force base. <laughs> no yeah. fans. Yeah, that wouldn't be any ugh. I don't know. I don't know. Cleveland has the most. It, it's the most Cleveland thing ever, though. They have like the most stacked team that they've had. They've got. We said this a, last year. Dialed in coaching staff. Yeah, but they even have more talent because they drafted appropriately. Yeah. They signed good free agents. But we're the Browns. Browns yeah. going Browns. Yeah. No, but I mean, it's just going to be like you know. Well, we might have to take this year off. <laughs> Fucking assholes. Anyways. Anyways. So with that, you can you can see more about Project Titan on Chris's. Uh, Twitter at acquired wit, yeah. Or uh, I might, I think I shared it. I'm pretty sure I shared you it. If you shared it, I shared it at Matchwits on Instagram too. If you want to see my thousand piece Marvel puzzle that I did, <laughs> you see that? that that was a nice bit of psychosis for me. Yeah, Aaron, Aaron helped a lot, but I can't. But it was a big, very complicated puzzle that I found great joy in, and now I'm going to mount it and put it downstairs as background for my show. Well, there you go. And you can follow us, uh, the show itself, would be my Twitter, at MatchWits, and go to our website, MatchWits.com. Until next time, Chris, take us out. Be excellent to each other and wash your hands. <laughs> wash your hands, stay 6 to 12 feet apart. Oh. All right.